Hi, I'm Leslie Russell, and I'm the founder and president of Next Generation Ministries Independent Learning Academy, which is now evolving into Equip 210. And I'm so excited for our new podcast, which is Reinventing Education with Leaders and Visionaries. So turn up the volume, come on in, because we are in the middle of an incredible educational revolution and so excited to be a part of it. Hi everyone, I am so excited for today's podcast. I'm Leslie Russell with Reinventing Education with Leaders and Visionaries, and boy, do we have leaders and visionaries on today. So I want to thank and introduce you to Dr. Kevin McNamee, and also we have with us today Benito Benny Bernal, um, who is running for Congress, and he has extensive background, and I'm gonna let each of them just share who they are and why they're here today, we're going to have an amazing conversation about a, something so exciting that's going to be on a ballot for 2026, November 2026, and that is the CEO Act, and that's the Children's Educational Opportunity Act. And we're really going to get into a discussion about the game changer. This is a serious game changer for parents in California, for educators in California, where we're just gonna see a shift, such an incredible shift of um, control into the parents' hand with being able to have money that they can use for their children's education, $17,000 per child. So if you're tuning in, you need to listen to this all the way through. We're gonna be on for the next 20 to 30 minutes and we're really gonna give some really exciting information and details on how you can also get involved in making this become a reality. So welcome. Dr. McNamee, welcome Kevin, who is also the mayor of Thousands Oaks. So if you could share a little bit about yourself and then we'll kind of shift over to Benny and have him share. And then we're going to really get into everything about the CEO Act. Leslie, thank you very much for the introduction. Very kind. Uh, let me um, introduce myself this way. When I walk into my community college class at Ventura College, my students call me professor. When I walk into my clinical practice as a chiropractor and acupuncturist, my patients call me doctor. When I used to be a reserve officer with the LAPD and go to air support division, they would call me officer. When I walk into the city council chambers in the city of Thousand Oaks, they call me mayor. When I walk in the house at the end of the long day and get home, what do I hear? But there's what's his name, where have you been? Sit down, have dinner. That's great. That's just the nature of the animal. So I wear many hats and uh, I, and just so passionate about the CEO Act, the Children's Education Opportunity Act. But before we get into that, let, Benny, please let, don't let me take this time away from you. Share a little bit about yourself. Well, it's, thank you once again, Leslie, for this opportunity. It's always great to be here and be a voice, especially for the younger generations. You know, um, my past is I mean, as the youngest of ten kids, growing up in the lower incomes in the in the in the areas of the Northeast San Fernando Valley. My family was always involved with the. Uh, giving kids an opportunity. Some people talk about a second chance for kids. We always talk about the first chance for kids to have a fair chance in life. So we would use sports as a means to keep kids out of gangs, keep them away from drugs. We've been doing that for 40 years. So uh, we have a 98% success rate. So many of our uh, of those that have come through our programs are now in law enforcement, our teachers, our coaches in the schools, are even running for government. Um, I'm also a former vice president for SEIU Local 99, that represents classified employees in many, many school districts. Um, I was actually the one executive board member that exposed the corruption that was going on within the union leadership 
because they pretty much were just using the money for politics, for their own agenda. And the real reality is that they wanted to move away from God. They wanted to destroy the nuclear family. And eventually their goal was to destroy this country. So I spoke up against them many, many years ago. I would say about 18 years ago, probably about 2008, I believe it was when I was the vice president there. So that's kind of a little bit of my background. The youth is what I love. I have six kids. I'm the father of six, um, married and just uh, still here in the Northeast San Fernando Valley, just trying to do what I can to help these kids out and give them a fair chance and a better opportunity through a better education. Benny, you're looking good after raising six kids. Nice job. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, I lost a lot of my hair, but we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cap, the baseball cap. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm so excited to have you both on. And I got to meet um, Kevin um, recently, and it was such an honor having you speak at our gala with Equip 210, coming and speaking to everyone who came out that night to really make a difference in education. And you did such a great job presenting on the CEO Act. And it really made an impact on everyone there. So can you share about this amazing opportunity that we have here in California? Um, that would just be great. I'd, I'd be happy to. 35 years ago, the people of California appreciated the hope, the promise of a brighter future for our children that they voted in favor of Proposition 98, which was an initiative that allocates 39% of our state's budget every year for kindergarten through 12th grade education. Guaranteed. Every year it happens for the last 35 years. What this initiative does, instead of that money going directly to the public schools, it allows the parents the option, not the requirement, but an option to set up an exclusive education savings account at the state level for their child, where the money goes into that education savings account for the parent to make the best decision to find the best education fit for their child and not let a government bureaucrat or central planner make that choice by sending them to a local public school. Now, if you ask yourself, if you take 39% of the state's budget, divide that by the number of children, kindergarten through 12th grade, that is $17,000 per child in California every year. So walk through it this way. 17,000 would be put in that child's education savings account. The parent's job is to find the best education fit. So let's say they find that the private school down the street works best for their child. They enroll that child, let's say it's $7,000 per year. The school now notifies the education savings account, which has released 7,000 out of the 17,000 to that school for tuition for that child. That 10,000 that remains in that ESA earns interest and carries over for future educational expenses different than vouchers because vouchers are if you don't use the money you lose it so this allows it to be used for future educational expenses so let's fast forward 13 years it's now 12th grade that child if they have any money left in that education savings account can use it for trade tech community college university postgrad for the rest of the child's life and after 18 years of age that student can transfer any unused portion to a family member or donate it to a school. So let's say, for example, the older brother decides to become a, a plumber. He's got 50000 left in the education savings account. He can transfer it over to the younger sister going off to medical school for $200,000. This allows the low-income and moderate-income families to have the same five education options as the rich affluent families have. 
which are public school, charter school, private school, religious school, and homeschooling. The moderate and low-income families only have one choice, and that's the local public school. If you've got a poor-performing public school, you get a poor education, a poor-paying job, leaving you in that poor neighborhood, and the cycle of poverty continues. This is equity and equality at its best because every child has the same starting point at that uh, race. They have the same options. Go after it. You're not being held back by financial restraints. Parents have all five options on the table, just like the wealthy. Benny, you want to add anything to that? Did I miss anything? Uh, well, I think one of the key components here is being a former vice president for SEIU Local 99, um, the agenda that they are pushing upon our children, the indoctrination, including the trans transgendering of our children, um, it, it pulls the power away from the unions, which also pulls the power away from the party that is pretty much trying to destroy the nuclear family. So I think it all just ties in perfectly and it brings a perfect balance to where now the parents, like you said, Kevin, will have the power to determine where they want to put their children, which then creates many more opportunities for the lower income and the moderate families. Wow. Leslie, just to share a thought with you, as Benny says, that the power is the money that sits with our school districts, our board of education. What happens that in California right now, we spend $23,000 per child every year, kindergarten through 12th grade. That's a lot of money. The average class size is 30 students per class. So if you take 23,000 times 30 students, that's nine, I'm sorry, that's $690,000 per year per classroom in revenue. However, we pay our talented, devoted teachers only $86,000 per year. So myself as a businessman, I ask, where's the other $604,000 going? It's not going to teacher's aides, learning resources, teacher's salaries. It's not going to the classroom where it is going to, and Benny confirmed this for me, I pay for superintendents, assistant superintendents, administrators we don't need, uh, management. It's not going to the classroom. What Benny said is so true. It empowers the patient to make the best choice for their child's education, not some government bureaucrat or central planner. Benny, where else is the money going there with the uh, public schools? Well, you know, school systems don't run on their own. They have to buy books, they have to buy pencils, desks, so on and so forth, all the supplies that are needed. We call those special interest groups. So these special interest groups get all the contracts. And instead of paying, let's say, five cents for a pen, you're paying a dollar for a pen. So there's extra money. There's a lot of profit that's being gained. And then what happens is there's a revolving door for the politicians, the politicians that are that are choosing to push this agenda upon our children. They get a portion of that money when it comes back to re-election or it gets donated to their nonprofit organizations that, once again, are attacking our children. Wow. You know, you guys, this is a game changer. Truly, yes. that this is a game changer because it's a complete shift of um, the money into the parents' hands. And you know what? Parents deserve it. And so if you're a parent listening to this, you know, regardless of like what side you're you're on like how you how you vote everything else you just have to like have that parent's heart and that child is yours okay that child has been given to you um and the fact that you are now going to have an opportunity to make a decision about where your child is going to be educated and that you have options 
and that you're not just forced to have to go to your local public school, that you can actually send uh, your child to any private school of your choice, homeschool type of hybrid of your choice. Just think about the opportunities that you as a parent, you now have for your child because you have now been empowered. You have been empowered. Instead of somebody else, the government making a decision about your child, you, the parent, you get to decide where that money goes for your child's education. So outside of your family, the next most influential people in your children's life are those who they're spending all day with being educated. And some of you don't even know the things that are being talked about. You think that they're fine, but the things they're talking about in the lunchroom or uh, children being pulled out of class to attend something that you're not even aware of. And now teachers don't even have to tell parents about the things that are going on in school. This is a complete game change operation here with the CEO Act. So we all need to listen up and we all need to get involved um, and take action. I am all about action. So how, how do we take action to make this happen? What Great are the question. next steps for people to get involved? Because I'm sure everybody who's listening that there is something that everybody can do to make this happen for their children. Let's, let me share with you some steps that we should do right now. And that is call this number right here, 323-417-4644. What that will do is a couple of things. One is that it will send you a text link to an education video that goes through in four minutes and explains what the CEO Act is all about, putting parents in charge of their child's education. But more importantly, it allows us to reach out to you when we gather the initiative signatures necessary to get it on the ballot. So let me clarify something. You have the legislature in Sacramento that makes laws called bills and so forth. This is an initiative, meaning it's the people's bill coming forth to the voters. So it bypasses Sacramento. The initiative needs a certain number of signatures to get on the ballot. In this case, it's 847,000 signatures. Let's call it just under 900,000 for easy discussion. So we need to get the voters, 900,000 of them, when they get that six month window to start collecting signatures, we wanna get out there and get people to say, yes, we want this on the ballot for November, 2024. The only way we could do that and know that they're interested in this initiative is call 323-417-4644 or go to educationopportunity.org Give us your information. We'll reach out to you when we start signature gathering because a game changer happened two years ago. Instead of having to have everyone sit out there at Walmart or uh, Trader Joe's or Target and collect signatures, which will be done, we are also able to have people print out the initiative, sign it, fill it out, mail it back to us. A judge decided two years ago we're able to do that. That is a game changer. So we need 900,000 people to call that phone number, Leslie. That's excellent. And also I've been on your website, great website. Um, so it's educationopportunity.org. You can visit that website and there is a questionnaire and you just fill out your basic information, name, address, phone number, and then you can um, check the boxes of the ways in which you want to participate. So if you want to take it a step further, you want to help with social media promotion, you want to be that person at Trader Joe's Walmart collecting the signatures, you can do that too. If you want to go and be uh, speaking, communicating, 
in your area, your wheel of um, expertise or your sphere of influence in speaking about the CEO Act, you can do that. I also wanted to shift here for a second to talk about teachers because I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm my, I have a master's in education. I was a public school teacher years ago um, outside New York City and then became a homeschool mom of over, mom of over 25 years. I've been leading and pioneering one of the largest homeschool movements in Southern California and beyond. And now we've shifted and um, have created a very scalable replica model called Equip 210 in launching across the country. And so I have a heart, as much as I have a heart for parents and for children, I also have a heart for teachers. And so this is a game changer for teachers as well. Um, so if you're a teacher, you need to listen up because this this impacts you. This impacts your salary. This impacts um, the control that you have and being able to teach the way you, that you want to teach and to be able to have the, the influence and all the good, all the reasons why you became a teacher instead of being dictated that you have to say this and you can't say that. And if you do this, you're going to get into trouble. Like this is just as much um, just going to impact your life. And I see more and more people going into education uh, because of this. So can you talk about the impact it's going to have on teachers? I'll, I'll just share a couple of stories and I'll pass it over to Benny, who can speak also to boots on the ground because of his experience. One of the reasons why people get into teaching is it's calling. It's a mission. It's a purpose in life. You don't get into teaching because it looks really sexy on TV. You do it because you want to change lives for the better. If you go to the California Board of Education website, you will see that we pay our highly valued teachers, multi-talented, all of $86,000 per year. So a student graduating from college may say to themselves, should I go into teaching and get $86,000 a year or go be a UPS truck driver for $150,000 a year? So I was at a uh, function recently met two public school teachers, told them about the CEO Act. And they said, well, we're going to lose our jobs. I said, actually not. You're going to get a pay increase. Mm -hmm. They said, how? I said, would you like to make $150,000 a year? Their eyes got really big. Oh, yes, that would be great. I said, here's how it works. You don't have to be under the thumb of the public school system. You don't have to put up with the bureaucracies, the disciplinary problems in your classroom the things you're supposed to teach that you really object to, you can actually go open up your own school doing the following. Get all of eight teachers for first through eighth grade, some of your colleagues, each of you are assigned to a grade. All it takes is 200 students. Put those students into one per grade. It winds up being 25 students per class instead of 30. So you're teaching a smaller class. Oh, they got excited about that. And I said, you can take, instead of the $17,000 that's allocated to the child each year, only take $10,000. Leave the $7,000 in there to earn interest and be applied for future education after 12th grade. When that happens for 200 students, you can pay each teacher $150,000 a year and have $800,000 left over for things like administration. You could actually be really clever, take 500,000 every year for the next 10 years and you endow it for $5 million. How about you build teacher housing? How about student housing? How about add more classrooms? You know what, set a 25 per class, let's make it 30 per class. 
instead of $800,000 to run the school, let's make it 1.6 million and let's, let's hire the best and brightest graduates from college who want to get into teaching. We hire eight of them, put them in the classrooms, one each. Now they do the tutoring in the back of class for those students who are struggling with certain subjects. They learn how to do lesson plans. They actually get up and teach under the mentorship of an experienced teacher. This is your farm system. When I went through my internships, I learned from experienced doctors. We should do the same in education, but the money is now there for the schools to decide which way they want to go with it. Benny, what are your thoughts on, on this? Well, you know, I, th I think when we're talking about the teachers, is let, let's talk about classified employees as well. One of the things that I did when the unions didn't want to listen to the membership, teachers obviously being members of the of UTLA, was we started an agency, agency fee fair share campaign, which actually took 50% of the monies that were being coming out of our union dues out of the pockets of the unions. That's when they started to listen to us. Now with recent laws, as a teacher, you have the right to opt out. You can opt out from the union immediately when they receive that paper. The unions no longer can take out one penny, any deductions whatsoever when it comes to, to, the, to, the, to the union dues. But at the same time, under the law, because California being a closed shop, they still have to represent you. Not that they do, but they still have the legal right to represent you. That would be my advice to the teachers, because a lot of times, once you once you hit the unions in the pocket, that's when they start to change their direction, because their money is now being limited to what they could contribute to the parties that are pushing this agenda. Leslie, let me share with you uh, just an observation. Uh, I, I was giving a presentation last week, and a, and a good question came up from the audience. They says, I don't want the parents to get their hands on this money. They, they may spend it on the wrong things. And I told them that the parents never touch the money. They can go into their child's account online to see what monies are there, how much interest, how much is left over, how much was spent, but they never touch the money. The relationship is between the school that they register their child in and the education savings account trust board for that money. So the money is safe that way. Second is that one of the people on our team, her name is Ashley. Ashley grew up in the South in the 1960s. She saw the worst of Jim Crow, racism, segregation. She remembers stories from her mother, father, grandparents of lynchings that occurred decades earlier in her town growing up in the South. She senses moved to Riverside, California. She says, Kevin, we need this the worst way in Riverside, California, in my neighborhood. I said, Ashley, why? She says, the young men who are in high school drop out. They have two employment options at that point, selling drugs, doing crime. We need to get them out of that environment into a quality education that makes sense for them, a better fit, so that way we can break the cycle of poverty and stop crime. You want to end crime you want to reduce the prison population. You want to give children hope of a promising future and find purpose in life. Give them an education. You know what? I, I can't imagine anyone who would not want to have something like this. Like if you're listening to this, you need to get behind this because this is going to impact your family. It's going to impact your children. Uh, it's a it's going to really just change the complete trajectory of education in our in our country. Uh, in our state. So we really need to um, do everything that we can to make sure that this happens. So with that, I'll have a couple of questions. Um, 
what is like, if it's not a school voucher, what is like a way to explain this to someone? I know you can say, hey, it's the CEO act and get into the, the details, but what what is a way like to, what do we want to call this? And then where does the funding for this to come from so that you can have that those faith-based institutions be able to use this as well so that they can talk about Jesus Christ, they can talk about their faith and, um, and not where it's public money where you cannot do that. So can you explain that? That is a great question. I, if I were to explain this real quick, I call this the elevator pitch. I would say the Children's Educational Opportunity Act, known as the CEO Act, puts parents in charge of their child's education. It allows the money from our taxes from Proposition 98, which is 39% of the budget, instead of going only to the public school, allows it to go to an education savings account. So the parents now have all five options of education choices, just like the wealthy, for their child's education. Any money left over after 12th grade, they can use for trade tech, community college, university, post-grad for the rest of the child's life. And if the child wants after 12th grade to transfer it over to the family member, they can do it. It gives moderate and low-income families the same options as the rich. And in yeah. fact, Leslie, if I may share the following comment, and Benny, you feel free to comment on this. If you look at the studies being locked into a local public school that is underperforming affects children of color more so than anyone else. Yes. It's a tragedy. Benny, what are your thoughts? Well, that's exactly what it is. And, and, and it's a way, it's a mechanism or a tool that they have been using to keep our children uneducated, to keep them dependent on the government, to keep them from having these fair opportunities because if we solve this problem, if we give these kids a fair education, we give them these opportunities, give them a better education, what's going to happen is a lot of the nonprofits that have been created because of all the chaos that we're dealing with uh, and because of the fallout of the, the children in these schools, a lot of those nonprofits will start to lose their monies and there will be it, – it's it's just a win-win situation, Kevin. I mean, it's – I wish I could – I wish we had hours to talk about this because there is so much that I can say about how this will – help, especially the lower to moderate income families. This is perfect. And I love the way you broke it down with your little elevator elevator speech. That was amazing. Let me, yeah, let that me was actually, really, really good, Kevin. That was let really me actually, good. Let me actually add to, to it, if I may, Leslie. Some of the um, Christian leaders oppose, of all things, they oppose this uh, initiative. And I ask why. They said, well, if you take government money, there's always strings attached. And I said, well, wait, 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 wait time out. If it's a bill that could change with the political winds every year, I would agree with you that that's a strong possibility. This is an initiative brought forth by the people. The only way to change an initiative is to run another initiative. Mm -hmm. And we already have in the CEO Act a section in there that says you don't have to teach social emotional learning, critical race theory, diversity, equity, and inclusion. LGBTQ plus, you can still keep teaching the moral foundation of religion as part of your education uh, program offerings at your school. You don't have to stop teaching religion. If you want to teach it, great. If you don't, you don't have to. It's up to the school. You still need to have the 180 days in school for reading, writing, arithmetic, uh, civics, history, art, music, science, dance. Those all still exist. 
but it's up to the school. You are not under the thumb of the California Board of Education or your local school board. Teach the way you want to teach, not the way the government wants you to teach. Absolutely. Wow, that's excellent. Well, I'm so excited. And you've done such an amazing job of explaining that. And um, Benny, just as we kind of like close here, how can we support you? How can our listeners um, support you in running for Congress? Uh, do you want to share a little bit more how they can find you? Benny, yeah. could you tell them a little bit about your background and how you got into this mess? And I'm well, so happy you're willing to put a target on your back. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I'm not sure if we have enough time for that, but I'll just try to be brief. So I pulled my papers a week ago. Um, I did a lot of prayer. I don't do things without prayer. I mean, people were pushing me to run for office. Um, they're just sick and tired. It's actually, I was a former strategist for the Latino Democratic Party and the unions going back 25 years ago. I helped build this machine that is now out here trying to, to destroy this nation. But I walked away from them 19 years ago when I realized that Instead of addressing the issues that we were dealing with in our in our community, the gang violence, the teenage dropout, the teenage pregnancy, illegal migration, the abuse in the welfare system, that these politicians were finding ways to make money off of this. So they were no longer concerned about actually solving these problems. It was more ways of making money about this. So when I when I decided last week to pull my papers after much prayer and speaking to my wife, um, that was on a Friday. That afternoon, I got a I got a call from a reporter who's a what would, would be considered to be a leftist reporter, but he did give us a great article when he came out to the club and to our radio station to see what this, what, he, what they would call us as coconuts, these brown, brown on the outside, white on the inside Republicans. Um, he came out here and what he saw, what he witnessed, and his comment in the article that he put in the LA Times on the front page was that this group, the Los Angeles Hispanic Republican Club, they're more left, they're more brown than the pavilions on the left at, at the left than the left field pavilions at Dodger Stadium. You know, so in short, when I decided to pull my papers on Friday, I spoke to the reporter for 45 minutes. He did his investigation. I gave him all the background, everything that I know. I gave him my reasons why I'm running. And on Monday, Congressman Tony Cardenas did a press release where he announced he is not going to run for reelection. So why did that happen? Is it timing? Yes, it's all God's timing. I believe that God has a moment for each and every one of us to step up. So I decided, yes, Lord, I'm going to do this. And before I decided to run, I ended up in the hospital. I had a very serious um, surgery that was done that should have had me out for two weeks. The second day, I told my wife to go home. The Lord said, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to lift you up. You're going to get back out there because you're not done. There's a reason why your history for the past 25 years now is going to come into play. You were the only one who did not sell out. I did not offer. I did not accept their $2 million when they offered that to me to be silent. I did not accept the powerful positions that they were offering me. And people ask me, why were you able to do that? Because I have Jesus Christ in my heart. Jesus has filled any void that I've ever had in my heart. So I no longer, you cannot tempt me with money. You cannot tempt me with power. You cannot tempt me with positions. So this political machine is on the road of destruction. They're going to be exposed. So if you'd like to contribute, find a little bit more about my campaign, BernalForCongress.com, BernalForCongress.com, that's B-E-R-N-A-L, our website, we're finalizing it, uh, we should be up probably in a couple of days, but for now, that's what we have, BernalForCongress.com. Benny, also, just to tag into that, is that you want to do what's best for the people that are, that are around you, and this yes. initiative will impact all the children now and in the future for many, many years. 
And you want to do what's right for the people, not what's right for your pocketbook. And I admire you for that, my friend. It's hard to turn down $2 million bribe to remain silent. Nicely done. Well, you know, that's what happens when you have the gift of the Holy Spirit within you, you know, and they, they've had, they even gave me death threats. They th not only threatened my life, they threatened that of my six children, but I looked them straight in the eyes. And I said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And as the word of God says, you can't touch a hair on my head if he does not allow you. That's what I'm about. Beautiful. Leslie, I also want to leave this thought with you, if I may, is yes. that I tell parents, if you're happy with your public school, stay there. If you're not, now you've got choices, you've got options. And when you look at the surveys from October 2022, national and state studies of the proficiency of our students, in California, 23% can't read. By any measure, that's not acceptable. And if you ask the parents who have children in public school, if you had the financial means to move their child to a different education model, would you? 69% said yes. If you survey Democrats, independents, Republicans, and you ask them, should the parents be able to choose the best education option for their child if they had the financial means? Mid 60s to low 70s or high 70s said, yes, we want to do that. If you break it down by race, Asian, Hispanic, Black Americans, Caucasian, all of them, high 60s to low 80s said, yes, we want to do this. We want that option. So this goes across party lines. Mm -hmm. This goes across political affiliation. People want it because they see now what's going on in the education system. There you go. Nothing else, nothing more needs to be said. It's, it's right there, the writing is on the wall. You articulated that so beautifully. This crosses all party lines. This really comes down to the heart of a parent. You, you're a parent, you want the best for your child. Why not you being the one to decide where they go to school? And the CEO Act will enable you to be able to be in the driver's seat to make that choice. And if you like your public school, you can keep them there. But if you wanna go someplace else, you now have the opportunity to go someplace else. So, wow, well, thank you both so much for being on. I'm so excited and um, just really can't wait to be able to share even more about this. So if you're listening, go to this website, educationopportunity.org, fill out that form there and get your name in there and how you want to get involved because you are now a player in this and helping to get this on the ballot for November 2026 and to be able to get this passed. And, and call 323-417-4644 and get your friends to call it and their friends and their friends. And so on and so on. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Leslie, thank, thank you. So Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. And thank you, Benny. I'm so excited. Thank you for running for office and what you're doing. Just really bless you and your heart. Um, and this, the things are going to be happening. Great things ahead for this state of California. So, all right. Thank you both so much. Take care. Thank, thank you, Leslie. Thank God you, bless listeners. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.